So uh, I thought I'd give you like a little two-parter here. Uh, one part being discussing how far video technology has come, and yes. uh, and you know like on a commercial, like a just a regular consumer grade. Yeah. And uh, one part is uh, rating one to ten how mad you are at me. <laughs> <laughs> I for some reason thought these questions were going to be related, and I now that I know that they're not. Yeah. So. That's an interesting thing to, to bring up. Randomly, yesterday, I found an old video camera in the basement that uses those, like, I don't know what they're called. They're, like, Hi8 or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the technology is so dead. <laughs> There's no way to, to, like, get the tape. Like, there is, but it's, like, hundreds of dollars. You could probably get it cheaper on eBay. Somebody's... There's always somebody that's selling, like... Hey, got a shitload of old shit here. <laughs> yes, except for you still can't because people for some reason know that those are a pain in the ass and just they're all like get price gouged. The point is, fuck those. That's why you always go to yard sales for that shit. That's right. That's some hard yard sailing. It is. I mean, you could be gone for, for years. Hard sale yard sale. true. <laughs> hard sale yard sale. Yeah, that's a song title. Yeah. Yeah. It's come a long way, as in, like, you can actually do anything with it. It's just... Oh, yeah, just, like, in the uh, in the comparison of today's two movies. Yeah. Huge leap in technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got chroma key. We have some, uh, admittedly, low-grade CGI. <laughs> but regardless... But it's working. Still there. Yeah, from, like, a consumer aspect, like, I could get the... Programs needed to, for like CGI effects in comparison to like older time where good luck. <laughs> well, where they just weren't invented yet, or once yeah. they were, it was like two fucking companies had them and I could actually do anything with them. And it. you had to pay a shitload of money to get them to do the work. A Spaceballs level of money. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I carry around a little video studio in my fucking pocket. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Phil and I were kind of talking about this the other night. Like, I'm just going to take, like, one specific genre. Like, the fact that you can use video technology in sci-fi movies and actually fucking feel like they're being filmed in space, which isn't what happens, but they all fucking feel like it. Like, all these movies, like Gravity or the one I was watching when I mentioned that was called Prospect, but, like, Interstellar, it's like, okay, well, this movie, or video technology is so fucking perfect that... I'm just watching this entire movie, just not even thinking about the fact that literally the entire environment is fake. It's pretty good. So, yeah, that blows my mind. Also, D-Hard, I'm going to go with, like, a seven. No. I accept this. I, <laughs> I mean, I think this is all about which one you watch first. <laughs> it's a hard come down. Probably, like, <laughs> nine last night. <laughs> like, five this morning, so. You're spoofing the diff. <laughs> Oh man, like I'm at a solid zero. Like I'm not mad at D Hart. Like yeah, I'm not mad either. But... I'm a little mad at myself because I I could have picked his other uh, his other movie uh, for the first movie that we'll be talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, too fucking late. That's fair. <laughs> also, um, what, what I'm thinking about it before we drop the video technology thing, Philip said something that's also like a really good example of how far we've come. The fact that he has basically video recording equipment in his pocket because most cell phones at this point have gotten so advanced that like they're a complete camcorder replacement. Yeah, fully. And n not to mention, you can edit them on there too. You can cut together a fucking movie 
on your goddamn phone on a train if you want. Like, that's ridiculous. That's the point of fucking TikTok. Like, some TikToks are ridiculous. Barry Sonnenfeld, didn't he shoot, like, an entire movie on uh, his cell phone or on a iPhone? It's been done a few times just, now. I just kind of, like, for the hell of it, because, you know, he's an, a known person who can get real equipment. <laughs> right, yeah, just as, like, a, let's see what I can do with the limitations of this, this technology. Which oftentimes is where all the, like, like really great, like, unique moments come from, because you had to do something crazy, because you were using the way less advanced version of whatever it's good times guys uh whether it be consumer grade or you know professional obviously the technology has come a long way but the point of this question obviously being that any fucking body can make a movie now like literally anybody homeless people can make movies because they have fucking cell phones with cameras in them like decent enough video cameras that they're better than home movies made in like the late 80s or early 90s. Like, better by default almost. Quite literally insane. And that's why we have uh, TikTok and shit. Alright, welcome to Motion Picture Meltdown. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen the Rose Rosenberg. Bill the Kill Collins. Cheats the Streets McGee. And D-Hart. And we continue our MPM Black History Month with a couple of picks from D-Hart. Why don't you share with our listeners what you picked, D-Hart? Yes, these are uh, some shot-on-video uh, films. Uh, Tales from the Quad Dead Zone from 1987. And uh, who killed Captain Alex from questionably 2010? <laughs> yeah. If you're at least a listener for a while, then you remember that we podcasted a uh, kind of a spinoff slash another movie that references who killed Captain Alex last year for Black History Month. Well, no, that was just, uh, I was picking movies from uh, countries that we don't normally do. Oh, movies. that's right. That's right. Yeah, that wasn't for Black History Month. Yeah. Bad Black from the Wakaliwood studio. If you want to go back and listen, get our full like review on it or whatever, but Fairly it, blew, positive it on that one. blew our fucking yeah. minds. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, it didn't blow mine because I've already seen this one. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, you got the warm-up version. We went in for, like full blast from the jump. I say we should probably start with Tales from the Quad Ed Zone. Yes. Though. So, can, right away, can we just figure out what the fuck's a quad dead? Okay, it was supposed to have four stories in it. <laughs> they, uh... D-Hart says that it was supposed to be four stories, but the cover of the VHS actually says three stories, but the movie is actually only two stories. It's two stories <laughs> and a framing device. Yes, yeah, two stories and a wraparound, that's three stories. Uh... That's three fucking stories. Well, because the wraparound ended the movie with, like, the last 20 fucking minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that's the whole story in an hour-long movie. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Normally I wouldn't agree that the wraparound or the bookend or whatever you want to call it, I would never agree that's part of the story. Like, usually that's just bullshit. And hardly and hardly worth mentioning. Like, uh, Company of Wolves, for instance, comes to mind. Totally pointless wraparound. But, in this case, it's as much a story as the other stories. Or, if not more. Yeah, it still counts. This movie is by a guy named Chester Noble Turner. And he did exactly two movies. He did this and a movie right before it uh, in 84 called Black Devil Doll from Hell. And apparently that was going to be connected. Yeah. Okay, I had already seen that one. <laughs> yes, I had seen that one already and it's a much higher quality than this one. Which was a surprise because I did. I ended up watching these back to back again. Because I wanted to re-watch Black Devil Doll after I saw this. Because you're like, well, wait, didn't it have much better quality than this? <laughs> yeah, I was double checking, and uh, 
it turns out that uh, that part of this was shot before Black Devil Doll from Hell because he was writing it all at one time, but he kind of got carried away with that one, and it's like, okay, well, this is I'm gonna get some of this stuff, and I'm this is gonna be a full movie, right. and then he finishes up the other one after. <laughs> got it. It's kind of a uh, Game of Death style movie, and where it's just pick, all over the goddamn place. I didn't pick place. that one because it would have with uh, caused. Numerous complaints. Stephen would have been, oh, uh, this uh, Christianity, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and Philip would have been, awesome. it's too porny, blah, blah, blah. Too porny. <laughs> There's too much porn and too much God. It's just in the first, in, in less than the first half, is most of the good stuff of the movie. <laughs> and uh, it continues from there, but... <laughs> To be fair, I feel like my complaint is valid and Phillips isn't. Have you seen it? <laughs> no, he just you means like exactly. my complaint is just never valid. There's never such a well, thing as too many boobies. This is a, uh, a, it's a woman who's, uh, she's kind of repressed mm-hmm. because, you know, she's, telling, she's her, telling her friend to, uh, it's like she needs to go to church with her and then she gets this possessed doll from a random store and, uh, First, she's taking a shower, and the the doll is spying on her. And then, uh, while she's in there, she kind of, like, discovers masturbation. (laughs) Oh, nice. Mm. She's like, huh. It's like, what am I doing? And, uh, and, like, the next day, the doll is alive and, uh, has sex with her, and then it disappears. (laughs) And, uh... Okay. She tries to find new guys to fill the void left by this puppet. And uh, they just, they're not good enough. Yeah, they can't measure up. She gets, so she has to get back to the puppet. She's got to get that puppet D. <laughs> so that's that story. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Well, it's also an hour and a half. It's, I like it too. It's too long for what it is, but. Yeah, that didn't sound like an hour and a half. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's really weird. So that, that's an hour and a half, but Tales from the Quad Dead Zone is an hour. So. I, I think saying he got carried away with it is definitely, like, a, a good description for that. Yeah. I would have shortened that one down to 45 minutes, uh, shortened most of these stories by, like, 10 minutes apiece, and put them together. Yep, there you go. I think it would have had a much more solid movie. Agreed. But we got the movie we have, so let's <laughs> fucking talk about it. A lot of the cast and crew seem to be related to the creator. Obviously, we're not going to know any of these people. These are just... Well, the only one that you need to know is Shirley Jones. She was in the Black Devil doll. Okay. And uh, they were uh, like, they were an item at this point. <laughs> in Jesus. fact, like uh, a lot of the people in the movie are her family and people that she knew in Alabama. Because this is like split up between Chicago and Alabama. And for as far as shooting locations. Right, right, right. Needless to say, we don't really have any actual actors in this. The main character is played by the same, like he said, the same person from um, Black Devil Doll from Hell. But two movies does not an actress make, I don't think. She reads two spooky tales to her through the ghost of her dead son Bobby. The second story features a zombie clown from Hell. <laughs> I love how it's like, don't worry about the first story. It's fine. You'll get. I mean, just there's a there's a zombie. It's a clown zombie. <laughs> Okay, they know where their bread is buttered. It's let's not even talk about the first story. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's how it went. 
And actually, now that I'm thinking about the clown one, I'm kind of having a hard time remembering what happened in the other one. Okay. Not a whole hell of a lot, but I, I, I remember. <laughs> well, I'm sure I'll remember as soon as I remember the premise of it. Yeah, so uh, she's washing dishes where you can barely hear what she's saying. Yeah. But she's, in the... <laughs> she's talking to her dead son. Who, Bobby. Uh, he likes to have stories read to him from this book that he makes appear, I guess, from the quad dead zone. And uh, so yeah. he sits down on a chair and uh, <laughs> she starts the first story, which is, Food for question mark? <laughs> Who's the food for? Well, yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> so it's kind. Of, it, this segment's kind of a joke segment. In, in a in a movie with one segment, <laughs> <laughs> two segments. <laughs> Where uh, there's a family that's got too many people in it. They're poor, so they only have food for half of them. Yep. Even though these are sandwiches, and instead of like. Whole sandwiches, you could just make eight open face sandwiches. Let's forget about that. I was I was watching this with my friend Brandon and he just goes, Why wouldn't you just cut the sandwiches in half? <laughs> See, you could do it that way too. The uh, father says his prayer. It's like, even though there are eight of us and there's only food for four, thank you, God. And he rings the bell and it's the race is on to get the food. Yeah. And they gotta snatch that gravy up. Yep. You know, somebody or somebodies are not going to get food, and it turns out that they don't. Straight up, like, no food, because there's just bigger people at the table who just push them out of the way. This is how it works. The biggest guy is the one who doesn't get any food. <laughs> well, bigger and cleverer people, then, I guess. That's right. Well, he didn't have the killer instinct. That's right. He's, uh, well, or did he? He had to wait a couple <laughs> days. Well, I'm assuming it's a couple days. They give us a number. <laughs> I think it was the very next day is, is what it was, but... The ringing of the bell is is a lot creepier than what the skit actually I thought was going to be. Because, like, the very next day, they have food again. And the dad's just like, oh, we've only got food for five. And, like, he rings the bell and, like, people grab food. And then this big fucking dude who's just in overalls with no shirt just stands up, walks in the next room, grabs a rifle, and just fucking kills three people on the spot. And you're, I'm like... Okay, this is not how I thought. It was like, when I see when I see the story that says like food for, and it's like, oh, okay, they don't have enough food for everyone, so obviously they're gonna kill and eat some of the people of the family, right? Nah, he just kills them, and then it's like they all just kind of stare at each other, and like they sit down, have food, and then we get like you know, x number of hours later, and then it just goes through this caption of like where everyone is now, and it's like. This person was killed the next day. This person was killed the next day. These two people are witness protection now. They're high on the hog. Living high on the hog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the guy who shot everyone was like killed in a gas chamber. And I'm just kind of Hold sitting on, there. No, the a gas chair. Exactly. Chair, what the okay. fuck is a gas chair? <laughs> I mean, maybe they sit in a chair whenever they're in the gas chamber. I don't know. I've never actually seen that. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, me neither. I've only, actually, my only experience with the gas chamber is from movies. <laughs> yeah, so I don't then, know if I it's accurate. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so I watched the skit, and I'm I'm sitting here, I'm just like, okay, you get points for subverting my expectations, and then you lose a whole bunch of points for not having a story because it's like nothing happened. <laughs> well, since nothing happened, I'll just go ahead and tell you guys. Uh, Living high on the hog means that you're eating the cuts of meat which are higher up on the pig, which are supposed to be better cuts of meat. 
It doesn't mean you're riding yeah, I think around that might on be a, a literal. <laughs> huh? I think that might be a literal explanation rather than it's like now they've got the good life in witness realism. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, I just meant like the yeah, the origin of the idiom because my whole life I've just pictured like I don't know why just somebody riding around on a giant size hog and they're just living up there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know why I've always imagined that. This is how I get to work! <laughs> yeah, all you motherfuckers have to walk! Giant, like, Texas hat. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, yes. Anyways, so we were it's gonna... It's a 12-gallon hat! I did two extra gallons and added to it! Because <laughs> it's made out of real hogs. It's simple math, though. You don't have enough, uh... Food to feed the mouths. You just get rid of some of the mouths. There's a, a lot of grown-ass people at this table. They should not be them. this hungry. <laughs> you know, they should be like... If there's know. a way to get that much food, there's a way to get a little bit more. <laughs> like, especially if you have a fucking scheduled dinner time. Like, clearly things are working in some kind of, they you know... They could pawn that fancy bell with a bear on top of it. <laughs> I'm saying... The bell with the bear on it was the creepiest part of this. And that's, like, as soon as I saw that ring, I was just like, oh, this is going to be some cannibal shit. And no, it wasn't at all. No, yeah, like, just murder shit. Yeah. And like, cannibal shit would have required them to actually have the other half of the movie. I think that's where it was going, and they just didn't. <laughs> it would have been a hell of a lot creepier. Like, for, for something being, like, horror-based. But no. Like, that's the turn, which is weird. Like, in a story, he kills them. That's, like, the like first actor, second actor, whatever. And then the turn is, like, even having killed three of them, there's somehow still not enough food, so now they have to start eating them, too. Like, that's... But whatever. <laughs> I don't mean to tell you your business, Mr. Two-Movie Director, but... Uh. It's supposed to be three, but he hasn't got to it. He hasn't got to the... There's supposed to be a return to the Quad Dead Zone, which is a sequel to everything that yeah. he's done. The Black Devil doll and the... And this one's supposed to have five stories in it. <laughs> To make up for the missing one from this one. I watched a Q&A with him. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. So that whenever you put it all together... Yeah, it's a day story. Yeah. We're even. We're even. At the end of this movie, it does say that Tales of the Quad Dead Zone will return, and that was 33 years ago, so I don't think it's going to fucking happen. <laughs> oh, he just discovered that his movies were, were popular, and I think it was like 2014 or something like that. And that's when he was talking about making a sequel, and it hasn't happened since then, but, you know, if you're working on your own time, you might still be working, I don't know. <laughs> well, you're not fucking wrong, because apparently this is, like, super, like, revered as one of the hardest horror VHSs to find, and, like, VHS collectors are constantly trying to get their hands on it from, like, small shops and yard sales and, like, shit like that, and it's going on eBay for, like, $2,000. Okay, well, the thing about that is, this, they got kind of ripped off on the Black Devil doll. I think they made like a thousand bucks on it, like a after they got their video deal or whatever. So he decided to distribute the Quad Dead Zone on his own, basically like going to video stores and seeing if they would purchase a copy. Yeah, which is uh, it's scar it's a scarcity thing, and that's why it's so valuable. Yeah, it's it's it turns out that a distributor exists for a reason. And you can't just walk around selling your tape one at a time. <laughs> God bless America. What a fucking travesty. That was just like, all right, you want one of these? I, I'm tired. I don't want to. I'm too, I'm too tired to sell this. 
Just buy it, please. There's food for question mark at my house. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways. Second story. Rolling in. Second story is uh, the brothers. Where uh, there's just, two brothers, just, Fred and Ted. It's two brothers, and it's just two brothers. <laughs> where uh, I guess they have like a sibling rivalry. Turns out uh, yep. Fred is dead. So we joined the story in the process of uh, them breaking into the funeral home to steal his body. Right. So him, the brother, and two other dudes, I think, two or th- yeah, three. Yeah, there's two um, dudes. Yeah, I thought so. Um, they they go in there, they steal the body, wrap it up in a sheet, take it back home, argue a whole bunch about random shit, and then the most the bulk of this section is just him monologuing at his dead brother about how much of a piece of shit he is and how much he always took everything from him and never let him have a damn thing. Including, like, all kinds of really specific stuff that he would never have even, in a normal situation, had access to take from Yeah, D-Hart calls it a sibling rivalry, but they fucking hated each other. Like, the one that's dead <laughs> took the in- his half of inheritance. <laughs> yeah. Like, he also convinced his wife to leave him. Just for the sake yeah. of... Just to make- <laughs> Yeah, just to fuck him over, and then she kills herself. <laughs> to be honest, it's like he's doing all this monologuing, and in like I've heard, I've seen this story before. It's usually like somebody trying to justify the fact that they feel guilty about having done something bad. Like I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen literally this story where the guy, where somebody is just monologuing to a person who's already dead. It seems extremely familiar to me, but the difference here is that. This dead brother, fuck him! <laughs> like, what an insane prick! Steven and I were, were talking about this scene, because I, I actually really like this monologue, and what it reminds me of, Steven said it reminded me of, of a Hitchcock film, and I was saying it reminded me of, like, uh, plays that are, like, tragedies, because we have, like, the, the character who's gone through all this stuff, and he's just, like, listing out all of the grievances. And he's just like, you did this, and you did that. And it just amounts to, like, his brother just hated his guts so much, he just wanted to ruin his entire life. So at this point, this guy's become so consumed with, like, revenge that he's gone and got his brother's corpse. And he's just like, I'm gonna dress you up like a clown, bury you in a hole in this house, and no one's ever gonna find you again. Had plans to murder his brother. But he had a heart attack and died before he could do it. Shitty timing. Yeah, no, cheats. Yeah. It's, it's not shitty timing, he was just ripping him off one last time. Because <laughs> it's like, somehow, the cosmic gods knew he was going to try to kill him, and he was like, no, we can't let him have that satisfaction. Fuck you, he's dead already. Yeah, cheats says it kind of seems like a, a play a little bit, but and I said it kind of reminded me of like a Hitchcock film, but, but a lot of Hitchcock's films have like monologues about tragedies in them like yeah they're they're very theatrical that way like it seems more like a a, pl- a play than it's, it's more passive where we're just like getting a story read to us almost and i agree with cheats that i i enjoyed like the start of this part but then it quickly gets down the path of just six and a half straight minutes of this guy maniacally laughing where i just wanted to die oh my god <laughs> i kept being like why is he still fucking laughing? Like, we get it. He's laughing. He's maniacal. Like, we <laughs> Really? More? And he would, like, go to a different room and be doing a different task, and the scene would cut, and then he would come back and Walking he'd... down the stairs. Walking back up the stairs, yeah. like, around the fucking corner. God, like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Just constantly. It goes without saying that the brother comes back to life, 
After having been dressed as a clown. Yes, and uh, he's angry about being dressed as a clown, so he chokes him over his gr- the grave meant for him for what seems like an eternity. <laughs> yeah. Okay, two things here. Number one, could anybody tell a single thing that the cl- dead clown brother was saying over the shitty effect? He said maybe like three words that didn't make sense in context. Because they were part of a sentence. Yeah, I'd say that's a about amount. I don't necessarily mean make sense. I just mean, could anybody even tell whether he was talking or not because of the effect on its voice? Right. It's a very rough audio effect. It's, it's, I don't think it's the effect. Like, I think it probably sounded fine. It's just that what, I think what's going on here is that the music is being played live for the, these scenes. Like, I don't think they had the ability to add in audio on top of the audio. So I think he was just like, we'll just play the music in the room where the audio is happening, but they're playing the music too loud and it like peaks out all the other audio, like uh, anything quieter than it, it just fucking ignores. When, when uh, the brother's talking, there's a flange on his voice. Yeah. It's a... That's what I was referring to. <laughs> Philip's right though, because in the next wraparound, there's a scene where the music's playing and you can't fucking hear anything that she's saying whenever she's talking. And it's literally yeah. just when the music plays. Like if the music cuts out... She comes back in. I think I know exactly. That was the, the intro to the first uh, story. I mean, it's all over the fucking place, dude. It's <laughs> it like, really it's is. rampant. Or that's the place where I noticed it. Right, yeah. It was there. Yeah, for sure. But the flange on the cl- dead clown's voice is just like, whoa, 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 like that while he's trying to talk. And you can't understand anything that he's saying. You might as well just not be saying anything. I think it sounds like it sounds just because it's being like, muscled out by the other audio like whether or not they actually recorded it in in the same place at the same time whatever they did the music overtook the uh all other audio happening i think the effect they were going for because for whatever reason to me it sounded like the effect for for ted danson's voice in the creep show segment where it's like supposed to be like gargly or like watery Mm -hmm. sounding yeah it's it's a it's literally a flange pedal from like a guitar yeah 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 but they've got theirs cranked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other thing was when DeHart uh, was talking about him strangling him over the grave. Like, this guy's choking sounds are like grating. It's like <laughs> ear grating. It was just like, <laughs> like that. Yeah. For like five straight minutes. <laughs> just exploding my fucking brain. So let me, let me ask this. What do you guys think? Without looking at the, like, like the actual like uh, time code or whatever of the movie, do you think that the insane amount of laughing went on longer than the choking, or yes, or vice yes, versa? the laughing was definitely longer because <laughs> he continued to laugh as 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 he was digging in the grave. multiple scenes. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> it was a solid six or seven minutes of laughing. <laughs> Like there were there were multiple times when like I got tired of the laughing and like started to look down at my phone and I was like I gotta just watch this movie and like I looked down at my phone again and I looked I was like how the fuck is he still laughing how is this still happening all right guys we're gonna redo that line because there wasn't enough Wawa pedal he laughed for so long that I laughed at how funny it was that he was laughing that long and then got mad again <laughs> like it's like you exhausted yourself right. you're like. I'm really just pissed now. I think if he had laughed a little longer, it might have came back around again. There's a possibility, (laughs) at least. Well, it doesn't matter. This is the end of the story. (laughs) Yeah, story's over. Fucking choke slams him a couple of times. And, uh, yeah. 
Turns out, Zombie Brother, no matter what, is gonna beat you. It doesn't matter if you dress him up as a clown and he's already a corpse. He will still fucking beat you. Because you suck. You're a loser! <laughs> I think, honestly, might be the, like, moral of this story. It's like, stop blaming all your problems on someone else and just stop being such a fucking loser. Pretty straightforward moral, but I'm down with it. Anywho, so... You're down with the clown. I am down with the clown. <laughs> the brother is a piece of shit. Let's be clear. <laughs> like, that's putting it extraordinarily mildly. He, I wouldn't have even... Like, if I'm a judge, I'm like, you know what? Case dismissed. This guy fucking deserved to die. This is a time to kill. <laughs> he basically killed your wife with depression. On purpose. That's an insane flex. So anyways, now we're back to the wraparound wraparound. Where it's... Again, it ends up being actually more story than either of the other two stories, which was I just I just wasn't expecting. I just kept waiting for that third story, and I was like, "Where is it?" So, uh, the uh, ex-husband, father of dead Bobby, he's an ex-husband. Yes, he shows up and is like, "Hey, you've been sitting here reading to nobody again, haven't you? You've wasted your entire day, and now I'm going to pick this giant book up with." He beats the <laughs> fuck out of her with the quad dead zone. It's in Like, I did not see this coming. He hits her so many times with this book. It looks like he's really hitting her with a huge book. Like, I don't know how they could have done this any other way. And especially the, like, low-budget nature of it. I think she just got the fuck beaten out of her with a book. I mean, she's not getting hit in the head. She's taking the shoulder. A couple you know. of those times it was in the head. The, like, the first time, I'm pretty sure, it was, like, right upside the fucking head. And they might have done a clever cut there. I'm not 100%. I just want to point out that per the IMDb trivia, apparently this book was just a giant-ass Bible with a different cover yeah, on it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you could you could almost tell by just simply, like, the look of it is just a Bible. Like, this is what Bibles look like. Well, the big fancy ones. Right. And uh, the, the, the book jacket that they put on it is, like, actually kind of, like, cool artwork, I think. Like... It's nicely laid yeah. out or whatever. Yeah, Shirley Jones made the art that's shown in the credits yeah. and the, on the cover of the movie. Shown is a heavy way to put that because you could barely fucking see it. There's a clown choking a man. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you can you can see the details. It just takes a second. Yeah, you gotta a really like. You're like it's kind of like a magic eye kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you have to relax your eye to the point where you can see through the blur. <laughs> Maybe that was the point. Maybe they were like, "Look, it's gonna take them." You know, we got to put all these credits up on the screen. They need to be able to... They need to work hard for this picture. Because otherwise they're going to get bored of it. Just kidding. There's no way they put that much thought into it. So anyways, <laughs> uh, he whips the fuck out of her with this obvious Bible. Then they proceed to just have the fucking most Air Force One knockdown, drag out fucking fight. I, by Air Force One, I mean the film Air Force One. Starring Harrison Ford. The edit scenes were hilarious here because they'd go from like one room to another and they'd both be completely like standing and then the edit would cut and then they'd both be on the floor like choking each other out. I mean, this was again, actually, that was like the most remarkable thing about this movie to me was that for a second time, back to back, I, w I had gotten exhausted, like kind of like disturbed by the amount of like just ass beating that's happening between these two people who were once married i'm like fuck this is brutal and then back around and just laughing at how ridiculous it is. it's like it's just going on for so long this guy did not believe in shortcuts does not believe i guess i should say since he might possibly be releasing a quad dead zone to <laughs> revenge of the quad dead zone the five dead zone <laughs> with 
also how long that that fight is. It get it got really ridiculous because finally she like struggles enough to get this knife out of the drawer, and then she just starts fucking stabbing this dude, and then she just grabs onto him, and this it, this is like the only thing you can hear her say in this entire struggle. Like she she's like saying words, but you can't understand any of them because like the music, and she just starts just being like, "It's your last dance, dance with me," and just fucking stabbing him while like turning around. Yeah, it's a real cold blooded shit. To yeah, say. dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, all of this is just disturbing. It's so disturbing to. It's like I feel like I'm just simply watching a couple beat each other and then just one of them murder the other one. It's just crazy. Yeah. So she goes to hang out with Bobby now that she's done stabbing him, and uh, she didn't finish the job, so he's able to get close enough to the phone to make a nine one one call before yeah. he dies completely. Yep. Police show up in their fucking. Saturday fucking clean the garage clothes. Like a, like a Camaro or a Trans Am or something like that. <laughs> and also cue the fucking six and a half minutes of Siren. Yeah, dude. <laughs> no, repeatedly I would turn the volume up and be like, maybe that'll help me hear the movie better. It never did, and so finally the last like 20 minutes, I just simply turned it down to almost like, like to like whatever, 10 or something on my TV. I was just like, I don't need to hear any of this. I can't anyway. All I can hear is just annoyance. That was not the intent. Like, further going along with it just being kind of disturbing, it actually is, like, the, the music track here. Like, some of the music through, like, the rest of the movie before this, like, I kind of dug. Like, it's it's a little too simple, but it, it, it was just kind of like some beeps and, like, beeps and boops and pianos uh, and shit. Like, I kind of liked it. And then it gets to this point where, like, the cops show up and they're just like, you know, ma'am, you know, we're going to take you away. You killed this person. She's like, no, I, I got to use the bathroom first. So, like, she goes to the bathroom, and then she's just sitting there, like, trying to decide what she's going to do. And then she picks up this razor blade, and it's just like, ah, Eureka, I got it. And she just sits on the toilet, and then it plays kind of like this, like, happy, upbeat music while she's, like, remembering stuff with her son. And then it just goes back to her, and she just fucking, Hit! just cuts her fucking throat and bleeds out in the bathroom. And it's like, the music's way too happy for this to be happening. <laughs> well, we haven't really addressed the music much, except for where, where it blows out the audio. All the music was performed and written by the director-creator, and... It is just full blast inappropriate at all times. Like nothing. Like <laughs> yes. mostly, it's just like me, me, and then like well, some like, like drum beats that are just already the samples opening, in the. I, I like the keyboard. opening number with the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, the, the actual song. Like, hey, this is gonna be a spooky fun time, <laughs> and then you see a woman kill herself, <laughs> and you think, oh, she's got a razor blade. How do people kill themselves with razor blades? They cut their wrists. Period. End of fucking that's, story. That's no how has, losers kill No himself. one has ever <laughs> sliced their whole fucking neck open with a razor blade. This would be so fucking difficult to do. And you'd know that if you'd seen the documentary Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, if she had like a straight razor, like that would make sense. But this is straight up just like a razor blade that's like out of the cartridge that she just slides across her throat. Yeah, it's too small and you couldn't get a good enough grip on it. Like a, a straight razor has a fucking handle. You can you get leverage. It's a much longer blade. It's fucking sharper and sturdier. You could actually cut somebody's throat with it, as opposed to this fucking thing, which would barely scratch her. Like, it's I'm not gonna test com- it. Comparatively, <laughs> I mean, not literally, barely. Obviously, it would actually cut her. But like, there's you know, your arteries aren't made out of fucking crepe paper. It's or creepy paper, I guess you'd say in this case. <laughs> so regardless, she comes back as a ghost. Uh, 
uh, to do more stories forever. I'm saying it. These are the poorest fucking ghosts I've ever seen in any movie. I've never seen a poorer ghost than this. See, I liked I liked the ghost effects when he first started off because it's mostly just like moving objects with like yeah, uh, yeah, hidden wires. Those are thing. ghost yeah. effects, not a not like, the ghost like fully <laughs> yeah. It's not a ghost effect. Yeah. I know. <laughs> how do we describe this? I know how to describe it. It literally they isolated a person. Sometimes unsuccessfully because the background somehow made it in there too. They- <laughs> I noticed that like the other rooms were changing to that neon color too. Yeah. So <laughs> they isolate that person and then they just change like the filter on it until it's like bright yellowish green. If anybody's familiar with Photoshop, uh, it's the threshold effect. Yeah. Basically you get like a, you, it separates light and shadow parts and it, it's really uh, a lot of contrast Right. But it's that with one of the elements completely, like, chroma keyed out. Well, it might have been just, like you're saying, like, thresholded out. Like, it might have just simply been, like, everything darker than this doesn't show up at all. Yeah, it could be. And so, that, like, isolates them. And the other part is just completely block yellow. Yeah. (laughs) It's... Steven says it's the worst ghost effect. I think it's really creative. Like... It looks like shit, but I still think it's. <laughs> I still think it's really creative. That's not the argument here. Well, no, you said you said worst, and I guess I guess what I'm trying to qualify here is that like, it's lev- the level of creativity used here, and like the the effectiveness they're able to achieve, where it's like so, like the ghost effects go over top of like they did this in the scene with the zombie clown like the spirit goes back into it the zombie clown and then like he resurrects they did the same thing and it's. It's kind of an accomplishment, I think. And in that way, it's not that bad, but it does... It is possibly the worst-looking ghost effect ever. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that was Yeah, that was what you were saying. I just wanted to uh, clarify that. So now she lives wherever the undead live with her son. She's happy. This is honestly the ending of uh, Goodnight Mommy. I'm, I'm like pretty much the same ending. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like... Full blast, let's all just kill ourselves so we can be together. <laughs> Jesus. Anyways, that was fun. So, um, about who killed Captain Alex. <laughs> Which, by the way, we watched the original and loved it. Not the original. We watched we watched the sequel, I guess, or the spiritual sequel to this, Bad Black. It's just another movie in the same universe. Right. And uh, we loved the fuck out of it. I don't remember what it had, but I don't think it had a fucking 8.2. That is a fucking insane score on imdb <laughs> yeah that's like is. fucking et jaws and who killed captain alex like <laughs> that's the entire country of uganda coming in and rating their movie as 10 out of 10 yeah and you know what fine <laughs> there is a lot of hometown pride in the by the way <laughs> i'm fairly sure that the entire country of uganda has more than seven thousand people in it but <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> No, but it is, it's got 7,000 ratings, which is not a tiny number. It's, it's way more than what I probably would have guessed, even though this is kind of like an internet, like, sensation in its own way. Well, I mean, these are both kind of cult movies. Uh, I watched a Q&A from the previous uh, director, yeah. of the uh, Chester Turner. Yeah. I watched, he was in Austin, uh, like, doing a Q&A, and uh, this had, like, a presence in the, uh, what do they call that place? The uh, Alamo Draft House? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
I think that's how it got like known in the U.S. Most. Yeah, I mean, it has like 2.5 million views on YouTube. I think uh, Bad Black has a 7.4 on IMDb. See, this is my point. Like, both of those scores are insane, but 8.2 is fucking insane. We almost never review a movie with that high of score on IMDb. Like, it's always low. Well, you know what? Most movies aren't this fun. I agree. <laughs> Most movies aren't this fun. This movie's insane. Also, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but um, the director, um, oh, what is it? It's Isaac something. He goes under IGG. Directed... A music video for Heaven Shall Burn, like, in 2020. Like, that's fantastic. Good, first of all. I don't know who this is. <laughs> it's, it's, just a, it's just a band, but, like, it's, it's, a, it's a known band. Like, they're known in their genre. And seriously, get him some work, like, that's actually paid, where he's not doing all of the work himself. Well, he's got a pretty good thing going. I mean... Oh, for sure. It's like, he makes a... It's not a huge amount of money for America, but for Uganda, he's got a pretty good Patreon going. <laughs> yeah. For, for reference uh, and reminder for anybody listening to this, maybe not watched uh, or not listened to the episode on Bad Black, uh, this guy, his name's Isaac uh, Nabwana, and he grew up in Uganda during the 70s whenever it was under, um, I think it's pronounced Idi Amin, who is widely regarded as like, one of the worst and most violent military despots of, like, human history. And this is an entire guy that grew up during this time period of, like, not being able to go to theaters and stuff like that. Of just, he just fucking loves movies. And so he just started making ridiculous movies. So a lot of his movies are super over-the-top, like, no-budget, shoestring at best. And he's just a man who fucking loves movies and makes fantastic movies it's funny you mentioned Idi Amin because uh I don't know if it's propaganda or not but he's a (laughs) been accused of cannibalism yeah IGG has no the uh Idi Amin (laughs) oh okay sorry that's right the I stands for Isaac (laughs) yeah it's uh well yeah I mean that's a that's a good shortcut to like this person is an inhuman monster that's probably what the uh he is a at at the end of the movie there there are like a whole bunch of titles for other movies i think that one that said it's a cannibal thing based on a true story might be about a reference to that yeah yeah Yeah, it's called eating alive in uganda (laughs) yeah jesus christ (laughs) intense subject matter here yeah so who killed captain alex uh got like a huge viral presence on the internet um i don't know four or five years ago at this point it's like people became became aware of it and it just kind of like spread like wildfire through there uh i almost don't even know like where to start in this movie on like explaining it because it, it, it's very like bad black was ridiculous but this is like way out there this has a much more simple plot captain yeah. alex has been assigned to go take out the tiger mafia game yeah straightforward ish yeah except for he gets murdered and nobody knows who did it. Yeah. And so everybody's kind of scrambling to put that together and bring the people responsible yeah, to first a things murder first, type though, justice. Uh, they uh, raid a gang complex and uh, they ended up taking the leader's brother hostage. Yeah. So 
here, uh, I'm going to read like the first two sentences of the plot on Wikipedia because this sums up everything that you need to know. Which is, Captain Alex, one of the most decorated officers in the Ugandan People's Defense Force, is sent out to destroy the evil Richard and his Tiger Mafia, a criminal organization that controls the city of Kampala from the shadows. After Captain Alex captures Richard's brother during a commando mission, using countless men in the process, Richard sets out for revenge. And... One of my favorite things about this is the fact that the leader of the Tiger Mafia is just this dude named Richard. And that's all they refer to him uh, as in the movie. And they they have a news report after this, and they're just like, Richard's brother was captured. This guy's name is just, just Richard. There's no other description. He's the only Richard in Uganda. And if you say his name, you know exactly who you're talking about. Hey, uh, Cheats, is the uh, Ugandan People's Defense Force different from the People's <laughs> Defense Force of Uganda? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's also different than the, uh, fuck, what the hell did he call it? The the ghetto military oh, aircraft. No. I can't remember what the It fuck. was like, uh, Ugandan uh, ghetto air force. Ghetto air force, yeah. That's way later in the movie, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, these are all military organizations. We're trying to just differentiate and disambiguate. I love that the, uh, the guy in the red shirt here, when they're infiltrating, what is it, a, like a... It's just a, like a, a hideout. Yeah, the, they're infiltrating a hideout, and the guy there's a guard there with a red shirt who's got like, it's I guess it's supposed to be some sort of gun, but it's clearly just two metal pipes soldered together with a fucking like circle on the bottom. It's got a pot on the bottom. It's a pot. <laughs> the the, <laughs> the the drum for this chain gun is just a fucking cooking pot. Yeah. <laughs> He's carrying around like an LMG, and this character's funny because like he he of course he's like in every combat sequence, and like he says some stuff, but like the the one thing that sucks out for him is he's just he's like I'm just a mercenary from Russia. If I'm not killing someone, I'm bored. I'm out of here. We need to kill people right now. <laughs> we also should bring up the point that um, VJ is back in this in this film as well. Right. That's actually what exactly what I was just getting ready to say. BJME is yep. back. BJME's back and like so when this dude is like yawning, you'll just hear on the screen somebody will, or he'll just yell, "Tired, yawn, sleepy." And shit like that. A lot, but funnier a lot of it's, even than that. Yeah, it's mocking the characters. Oh. Right. Oh, you got money? I need some money. Is there money in here? And he's just obviously he's not looking for money. He's looking for evidence like he's there to investigate, but nope. Yeah. He's just he's just fucking clowning on every character on screen, even whenever the most tragic shit possible is happening. I mean, before you even know what's happening in the movie, uh, like Captain Alex comes out, he's doing like a little press conference saying he's going after Tiger Mafia. Like all the women happen to be, I mean, all the reporters have to be women. Yeah, and uh, he's like, oh, they're, they're crazy about him. But he prefers men. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> One of the most genius things VJ Emmy says in this is when they're when they're initially in the camp talking about Tiger Mafia, he just says, like, a caged tiger is the most dangerous. And it just seems completely out of nowhere. And then, like, a little bit in, when we get the actual, like, first, like, shootout between Captain Alex's men and the Tiger Mafia... He just says, the tiger's in the cage! And it's like, <laughs> genius! That's fucking great! Or when they're shooting their uh, pretend machine guns, and he just goes, movie, 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 movie! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, I don't know what, like, this guy is the most high-energy person of all time. He is such a good hype man. Oh my god, it's insane. Like, he could teach classes, he is a fucking master level of this. 
he makes something that would otherwise be like entertaining and it would be full of action. Like he makes it move along somehow even faster, even though all it is is just machine gun fights. <laughs> no, come on. There's also kung fu fights. Yeah, fair point, Bruce. You, <laughs> Bruce Lee of Uganda. So VJ Emmy and Bad Black made a line about the fact he's like everybody in Uganda knows kung fu, and he he said the same thing in this movie. And while I didn't, like, look super heavily into, like, multiple things, and I was just finding stuff to kind of mention about this movie, references the fact that all the people in this movie that know martial arts, know martial arts, they're self-taught, and there are actually, like, martial arts schools and temples, like it mentions in Captain Alex, in Uganda, because people are into it. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking badass. Like, the talent on display here is shocking. Oh, and, and even, like, the lead-up, it's like, there's, like, been like maybe two minutes of downtime and it's like and they're sneaking around it's like action is coming i promise (laughs) (laughs) expect the unexpected (laughs) (laughs) yes dude that got me so good now's the time to expect the unexpectable it's like oh shit i don't know if i can (laughs) wait a minute isn't that a contradictory statement one of my other favorite things uh, VJ Emmy did it a couple times in Bad Black, but he does it multiple times in Who Killed Captain Alex. As like when a character will suddenly just burst into a scene and then just like shoot someone, VJ Emmy just goes "Hello" and then just gunshots. <laughs> or he'll yell out "Commando" or "Mafia," depending on which team they're on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just to keep you sh- going straight. Like we talked about this when we talked about Bad Black. Without the VJ, we would have had, or at least I would have had, literally no fucking clue what was going on in the movie. Yeah. You keep, you keep, he's like, this is the same woman from earlier. The one who was a child. It's like, oh shit, seriously? Fuck. Okay, well, this one, he doesn't have to explain any, like, cultural stuff or any, like, continuity things. This 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 whole plot is, like, way more straightforward. Exactly. So he's just able to, you know, throw out flavor constantly. Exactly. No, but, like, that's his... He's able to, he has that level of skill was my entire point. Like, he can make something that is basically incoherent make sense. Or in this case, just make it fun. With the simplicity of the story, it also gives him time to just randomly promote other things that <laughs> that the production company is putting out. It's like, oh, you like this? It's like <laughs> 20, minutes, coming soon. 20 minutes from the end, he just goes, if you're into this. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Quick ad for Bad Black. They've captured the brother, he's seen it on the news, and uh, now the guys are reporting back to him. And uh, <laughs> he sends the guys back out to capture Captain Alex. He shoots his wife, but she's not dead. She just gets dumped out someplace in the woods or whatever. And, uh, you know, so they're, they've got a person on the inside. I guess she's like a cook or whatever for the uh, commandos. And uh, she's like, she, she's tempting Captain Alex into, uh, first he has to go take a bath, and then they can beat the rat. <laughs> if you right. remember that idiom. <laughs> yeah, they bring that up a bunch of times. Did you beat the rat? No, I didn't have time. I couldn't find him. <laughs> so he's off to go take a, a bath, and uh, you hear a gunshot, and apparently Captain Alex has been murdered off screen. Yeah. And uh, this thing, this throw things into disarray because they were supposed to capture him. Yeah. <laughs> they, need, they needed to capture him in, in order so that they could exchange him for the brother who's been captured. So, 
that's that's done. That's not going to happen. He's dead. Everybody's trying to figure out who killed him because everybody wanted him. Yeah. Like, all parties involved. So they ended up, uh, like, that same night capturing two random guards, and they were using going to use them as collateral to release the brother. Right. Although it seems like him being able to just order someone to go steal a helicopter and bomb the town <laughs> is enough motivation to just give him back his brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how about forget about those two soldiers? How about just, like, give them back or I will rain fucking fire? <laughs> Which he just straight up does. Yeah, very questionable on if Captain Alex is like supposed to be like an actual hero, considering beginning uh, like beginning sequence after Richard's brother's taken, like Richard just goes to the police station. And he's just like, "Give me back my brother," and the guy's like, "Well, we can't. Captain Alex controls everything." And then later on, for like the the penultimate fight, like Captain Alex's uh, group of people are now led by someone else. Like the leader's just like, "Hey, go bomb the town." Are you heroes? Like No, 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 no. They're trying to bomb the complex. Yes. Yeah. So there are two different helicopters in play. <laughs> We're going to put helicopters in heavy quotes. <laughs> I love when the pilot is like sort of sticking out of the window and you can see him like... <laughs> yeah, he's just like, break yourself! But like his arm accidentally like interferes with the computer graphic that they've overlaid there. So it like just looks yeah. like he's sitting. You can just see the background. <laughs> I love... The helicopter effect because there's that and then there's another dude who's supposed to be the actual like Ugandan police force with this and there's also the fact that at one point someone shoots down two helicopters with their machine gun yep the helicopters when they when one of them crashes the building it just it like just lands on the top of the building and crushes it to the ground and then takes off okay so we should probably get back to the actual story because uh Captain Alex is murdered his brother comes to uh, investigate he's the guy that we've been referring to as Bruce Yu because I don't know if he has a character name. I mean, how <laughs> would we know? He's Bruce Lee. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> a lot of the time, like, not a lot of the time, like, probably, like, 5 to 10% of the time, which is yeah. more than I'd like, the American subtitles or English subtitles for the the, the actual movie. Surprisingly missing. Yeah, they're just yeah. gone, and it's just showing the subtitles for the VJ, which we still know what's happening, but we don't know in, like, details. Like, for instance, yeah. their fucking names and shit. And, uh... Uh, Bruce Yu, while he's out in the woods, like, uh, I don't know exactly what he's doing out in the woods, but <laughs> he's I mean, investigating. <laughs> yeah, let's say he's just having a snack real fast, which is the, like, the VJ is just constantly laughing about. He's just like, man, I'm hungry. I mean, it's like, he's just constantly hunting for fish and like, like, why is he so fucking hungry? That's where he meets the wife that's been shot. Yeah. And we get to see some of her backstory, which is, it's, it's bad, but it's funny because, uh... <laughs> You see, like, a flashback where it pans out from, like, a heart. Yeah. And he's like, you're going to marry me or die. <laughs> he's like, welcome to Uganda. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So dark. Yeah, like, well, also during this, she was, get, like, she was also getting tortured, and VJM is just like, she was caught watching Nigerian movies. And he's like, this is Uganda. We only watch Wakali. <laughs> he's like, forgive me. I'll never watch Nollywood again. It's please. Like, I, I had thought about, like, trying to hunt down an Hollywood movie. I know nothing about it. But, you know, they don't want to be associated with that. <laughs> so it's better off to get the Chester Turner <laughs> there treatment. It is. He meets up with her, like, in the, in the woods. And they kind of, like, establish what's going on. So Bruce used trying to get to Richard to kill him because he's blaming Captain Alex's death on Richard. Uh, and then 
Captain Alex's group, I think, what was it? The UPDF, um, they're like analyzing like a map of the area because they're going to go, go fight the tiger mafia to go ahead and like take care of them. So it kind of all meets up in this like last, cause the movie's like an hour long tops. And I would say the last like half an hour is like the climax of the movie because it's just the, the military group starts fighting the Tiger Mafia, and the Tiger Mafia starts fighting them, and then Bruce Hugh comes in, and he starts fighting some people in the Tiger Mafia with, like, these assassins that, uh, one of the characters, whose name is just Puffs, he's, like, Richard's second in command. He comes up with the, with these people, and he's just like, here's these assassins, and Richard's like, who is this guy? He's like, that's my nephew. He's like, do you trust him? And he's like, yes. And then he just kills his nephew. He's like, never trust anyone. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> It's true. And also during this like final sequence where everybody's like kind of converging on each other, there is just an insane fuckload of sh- machine gun fire and people getting the shit blown out of them. And this the the blood effects, honestly, I prefer them to the like quasi realistic but shitty looking as fuck blood effects that like we got from Hollywood for about 15 years straight there. Where it was like they just quit using practical blood and they just did digital only. It looks better than that to me because this is stylized. That just looks like shit. Yeah, what what they do for like the blood effects in this is they initially start out with just like a CG clip, like whenever someone gets shot, and then like when they go down on the ground and they actually go up to that person's body. Now they're covered in some sort of like homemade blood. Uh, we mentioned this on Bad Black, but for a while during this shoot, they were actually just using, I think it was cow's blood, uh, until someone like got sick from an infection, and they're like, okay, we shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah, probably not. I don't know why the uh, the terms homemade blood, <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I probably could have like worded it better, but you knew what I was I mean, that's what it is. It's homemade yeah. blood. Isn't all blood? Yeah. Blood? I mean, <laughs> No. <laughs> I said if you think about it. <laughs> not, Clearly you didn't think about it. Yes or no. <laughs> All blood is home. Yeah, I like like one one funny thing here in the trivia is just to keep the production costs low, an extra playing a slain soldier would play the role of a different slain soldier, sometimes even in the same scene. Can be seen within the first action sequence of the film. Like that's pretty accurate. Like they they had like a small group of people, so it's just like they just start having people come in. It's like, all right, that guy gets back up, put him in a different outfit. Yeah, but also, on the at the same time, both I'm fine with that for production reasons. Like they just that's how many people they had. But also, just the namelessness of people who are constantly getting blown the fuck away with machine guns is like a statement all by itself. It's just like no, it's just pure fucking chaos. It's why we never get to find out who killed Captain Alex because guess what? You just don't get to. Yeah, and you like, just don't. Going more along with how much money this guy was working with on like on actually making this and the fact it's silly. It's way over the top, but this is like extremely competent. The like budget for this movie, depending on where you look at, was somewhere between like eighty five dollars to like two hundred dollars, like American. So it's like literally no budget. Yeah, wasn't the budget for Bad Black eighty bucks? Uh, I think so. God. I'll I'll look it up I real have... quick. Spent more than that on Taco Bell this week. Basically, yeah. $65. Oh, 65 It's definitely in that yeah. ballpark. I mean, that's what he works with. That seems impossible. 
<laughs> that has 2.5 million views on YouTube. So you could purchase a single copy of a new video game in the United States, one copy, and pay the taxes and everything, and you get to about the budget of a whole fucking movie somehow. And a, a movie that, like, I would watch again, and has a decent rating on IMDb. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you there's TikTok videos that cost 20 times the budget of this. Yeah, and, like, this movie quite literally puts this guy, like, on the map as far as, like, the movie world goes. Because immediately after this movie, this is when he gets noticed by, um... Oh, Alan something. Let me find it. Alan Hoffman. Hoffmanis, rather. Who, he played the doctor in Bad Boy. The one that needs borders. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> this doctor but, needs borders! Straight up almost passed out laughing whenever I, I, I heard that line in Bad Black. But, <laughs> That's the best line. Like, that guy lives in Uganda now and, like, helps fund the movies and helps promote them and things like that. It's like... Who killed Captain Alex literally put this guy, like, on the map. And the thing is, like, while he's, like, gone viral with, like, this movie and other stuff like that, there's just the general fact of, like, this guy knows what he's doing. And, like, yeah, it's it's fun to, like, make fun of this movie because it's just over the top and silly. But it's, like, it's actually good. Like, it's well put together. I don't think we're making fun of it. We're enjoying... We're enjoying the silly aspects. Yeah. Like, we're in on the joke with them. Yeah, I'm not saying that as, like, the four of us are, because the four of us obviously right. fucking love this movie. I'm more just saying that, like, I guarantee there's, like, a group of people, like, on the internet that are just, like... It's the whole reason that, like, some of the memes got started. With, like, the... For example, that like, Who Killed Captain Alex is where the Ugandan Knuckles meme came from. Because of the, the henchman uh, with the LMG, he's in a red shirt and he has, he has red gloves on. So, like, that's how that meme got fucking started. Which is real dumb. So, like, there's going to be some people are watching this that are just like, oh, this movie's bad. It's like, no, fuck you. This movie's good. Like, you're just not you're just not paying attention to it. It all goes with how you watch movies, though. Like, if you go in... Obviously, nobody is going into this movie going, oh, this is going to be a serious movie. It's, it's you know... Yeah. Nobody's going into it feeling like that. And if they are, they simply just don't know how to watch movies. Yeah, my only question about this whole arrangement is... What is consuming this movie like? Like, is does every version of this movie... I probably asked this for Bad Black as well, but, and I just don't remember. But is there always the presence of a VJ here? Like, In particular, for this copy of Who Killed Captain Alex, the one that is commercially available, it's on Blu-rays now, on YouTube, it always has the VJ Emmy uh, soundtrack on it. And the reason for that is because whenever the director was making some additional movies. He had filmed Captain Alex and he accidentally deleted the original version of the movie off his computer hard drive based off what he had. So what he could salvage was this version of who killed Captain Alex that has the VJ and soundtrack on it. Regardless, it, this is how they watch the movies. Yeah, that too. This, any movie in Uganda that they're playing is going to have some guy talking over it for right. entertainment. <laughs> yeah we exactly so i guess what i wonder is like is this the best version of this movie or is there an even better version of this movie with the like ugandan dub over like vj not in english that's even funnier than this or like even more topical or something like i'm not sure if we'd, be, we'd even get it no that's what i mean like I mean, we don't have the ability to consume that movie like yeah. we'd have to watch 
we'd have to watch the Ugandan version with the Ugandan VJ and then have English subtitles over that and English subtitles over the actual audio and be able to read and maybe both subtitles somebody, at once. Maybe somebody that, that can explain things like Beat the Rat. Before we before we watched <laughs> you know, the previous movie, we didn't know what Beat the Rat was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can pretty well find out from context, but exactly. Yeah, but, you know. An example of like uh, a joke that I think is going to land very differently depending on whether you're an American like us watching this or you're from Uganda is like after the whole climax happens and everything's resolved, we get this other like military leader who's like on the phone, just like, oh yeah, I've got it taken care of. You know, we've had to declare martial law in the city, but that's okay. Ugandans love martial law. Like, I think that joke lands a lot differently depending on like who you are watching this. I feel like it's a joke, but this is straight up yeah. like real news footage that they put a fake ticker over the bottom. <laughs> it's like in the news footage looks fucking brutal. Yeah, it it's just look like, like good news. <laughs> APCs with AK-47s pointed out of them, just pointing. Like, it's clear that whoever has that in their hand doesn't even know what it's pointed at. Just, like, showaforce.com. Nuts. Yeah. Also, uh, the ending credits for this for this movie are, like, it's this weird whiplash, but I, like, I also kind of liked it because it, what ends up happening is it starts going into the credits, and then the director does, like, this entire song, like, thanking his grandmother and, like, other people in his life. who's just, like, couldn't make this movie without you. I'm so glad that you're around. Things like that. And at the end, he's just like, hey, everyone, thanks for watching this. Please support us here. And then VJ Emmy is just like, if you liked this movie, be on the watch out for this. Dude, and he names off, like, ten movies that all sound awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Are those all real movies? They're all real titles. Yes. Like right now, the the ones that the director's working on, he's working on on a boa hunter, eaten alive in Uganda, and then um, one is just referred to as the Ugandan Expendables, which are all <laughs> ones that he gave me said. I wonder if Schwaz is going to be in he it. He fucking should be. <laughs> of course he should. And Bruce U. Schwaz oh, and Bruce U. Team up, man. God, it's too much. Can't handle it. We'll have to have two VJs for that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing about that is, I think he's the only one that does it in English. DJ, uh, VJM. VJM. He mentions it, and he's the first. Bless him. I, I love how, I, I forgot about this until you, you mentioned it again. I like how in this movie, he's just like, hey, come to my, my uh, video hall if you ever, you're in the neighborhood, and like, what's the city that he's actually in, while he's doing commentary for who killed that Captain Alex. Yeah. Well, that's at the end, though. Yeah, still, like... <laughs> I'm just blown away still by the fact of it's like, oh, they the only version we can get is the one with the hard coded DJ or VJ Emmy over it because the uh, the original was just simply lost. We got the like random like backup copy, and it's still an amazing fucking film. It's world famous. It's madness. <laughs> it is fucking world famous. Literally fucking world famous. I think we can go ahead and get to the diggity scale, motherfucker. Dehart, lay it on us. I don't want to say hardly any for uh, Tales from the Quad Dead Zone. Don't then. Just give it a slight rise. <laughs> I'll put it on the very lowest edge. It's on. It's gripping the, the slight rise. <laughs> yes. With and its dead I, clown hand. And I don't know if I should give overwhelming surplus or supreme to Captain Alex. I'm, I'll go ahead and, if, since you're still de deciding, I'm going to give Slight Rise for Quad Dead Zone. I'm going to give it right in the middle of Slight Rise for me, just because there's some things in there, like the like monologuing, before he starts cackling for 20 minutes, is actually like good. 
considering he's not a fucking actor. Like, it's way better than it should be. And then, of course, for me, who killed Captain Alex, supreme motherfucking diggity, just off the fact that I've only seen two movies that I know of that are just Ugandan movies, and they both fucking rule. You know, I should probably put it in Supreme because of the, the, that's exactly the reaction I had to it the first time I watched it. You know. Yeah. Second time it goes down just a little bit. Right, know? I mean, it's just, you've seen it already. It's diminishing returns. So. Yep. <laughs> and still, an overwhelming surplus of deity for a bunch of VJ jokes is a crazy fucking score, and it deserves it. It's nuts. Yeah. So yeah, that's me. Slight Rise and Supreme Diggity, obviously I'd rather watch Who Killed Captain Alex almost for just, if 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 for no other reason, because I can fucking hear what's going on. Just a subtitle track for Quad Dead Zone would have really improved the watching experience. <laughs> like, just tell us what you're saying in the movie, please. Fuck. I'm going hardly any diggity for Quad Dead Zone because there was hardly anything good in that movie at all. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I did really like Who Killed Captain Alex. I think I like Bad Black better for some reason. Really? Yeah. It's I probably just your it's first just, introduction to VJ It's Emmy. probably exactly. the case. I was going to say it was because it blew your fucking mind. If you'd seen this one first, you'd feel that way about this one. Probably more because it's actually straightforward plot-wise. It's probably true. I don't know why. I just... <laughs> I do love them both, though. Uh, I'll give uh, I'll give overwhelming surplus to... To Captain Alex. Yeah. Still an insanely good score. Did I give Supreme Diggity to Bad Black? You'd have to listen to the episode, I think. I don't Nobody remember. Knows. Well, I'm giving Supreme Diggity to Who Killed Captain Alex anyway. The movie fucking rules. Um, I'm probably... I'm a, I think that I'm also going to give hardly any Diggity to Tales from the Quad Dead Zone. I want to point out, though, that like... I can see, like, the ideas the guy had while, like, making it, and I would be interested, like, if he actually makes his third movie, I would be interested in watching that, because, like, I, I kind of want to see what he would do with it at this point. So, it's one of those movies that, like, there's not a whole lot there, but for someone who's, like, really into just, like, seeing how the sausage is made, so to speak, I think it's really worth watching. Okay, so, put the production value of Tales from the Hood into Tales from the Quad Dead Zone, and you would have a pretty solid movie, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I yes. mean, you'd probably have to do something with uh, food for question mark. But, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> if you're interested at all in, in Tales from the Quad Zone, I would recommend uh, Black Devil Doll from Hell because it's a lot better quality. And... Uh, you know, I had thought about, like, uh, I really wanted to stick with, like, the shot-on-video theme. And uh, I could not find anyone from the shot-on-video era, you know, that was, you know, African-American or anything closely related to that. <laughs> right. He's the only one from the whole era when that was a thing. It's fucking insane. So you gotta give him credit for that. No, yeah. no question. Yeah. I mean, That's a travesty that he's literally the only one. Because, like I, like I said, I can see the ideas here. And I like where he was going. It just doesn't work. I mean, this. when you're making something all the fuck by yourself, basically, it either, I mean, like, your life either allows it to get done or it doesn't. Like, sometimes you just have to cut the last half of the first segment off and just put a bunch of, like, fucking text overlays that just explain what the rest of what happened. Because, what the fuck? I mean, what the fuck? You can't, <laughs> you had to leave one of the fucking dead zone stories yeah. out. There's only the tri-dead zone. <laughs> 
But yeah, so, I mean, mad respect regardless. These filmmakers obviously busted their asses on these things, and they're and it shows, I think. We got any feedback? Yeah, just one piece, and this is from uh, Brad from the old Return of the Living podcast. Um, he said that he really liked our Turbo Kid episode, and that's one of his favorite movies ever, like of all time. That's pretty respectable. Yeah. That movie slaps. Yeah, the movie's real fun. Um, I've recently re-listened to the episode where we talked about it and got to sort of relive it in that way, and it's like, fuck, that movie's crazy. It's just crazy. It's good shit, Maroki. Yes. <laughs> Very delicious. <laughs> Thank you for the feedback. Uh, always love to hear from our listeners. Um, anybody who sends feedback, it's going to go on the fucking show, so just tell one of us or text us or fucking email or, you know, twit. And if you want to leave us feedback, you can find us on Twitter at MPM Podcast or on Instagram or Facebook at Motion Picture Meltdown. If you want to uh, tell your friends about us, they can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Tune in, pretty much any other major podcast platforms out there. If you want to listen to other podcasts from United Cipher, you can check out the Curly Mustache Podcast or Edge of the World Broadcast. You can also go back and listen to older episodes of Music Video Countdown, Talks Over Games, or the Fallout Forecast. And lastly, if you want to check out some podcasts from friends of ours, check out Nerdonomy, The Whiskey Reel, Sorry to Waste Your Time, and Code Yellow, a Scare Actors podcast. I just want to give a shout out to the first person to buy the Critter Sonic cosplay design on um, radioactivesuit.redbubble.com, which is where you can go, or you can go to the unitedcipher.com and follow the link to our merch, which is just three shirts right now, or three designs, I guess. You can get them on a bed sheet or a fucking, you know, shower curtain, whatever you want. Fucking coasters. But uh, new listener and person I love very much, Tommy is the first purchaser of uh she she got i think it's, it looked like a tank top in the screenshot she sent me but it was a really low res screenshot but anyway um yeah we have a few new listeners um people that i've known for a long time finally listening to the show and like really enjoying it so and if you guys want to say anything fucked up about it i'm talking to the listeners here <laughs> bring it on we want to know Who's listening to us? All right. I've been one of your hosts, Stephen the Rose Rosenberg. Bill the Kill Collins. Cheats the Streets McGee. Andy Hart. And Bruce you. And we'll see you next time. Now the band of sisters in action. To stop the poachers. Yeah. Yeah.